This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. About once a month, we have to do some tidying up and catching up, and looks like we're going to make today that monthly show. We do plan, however, to talk to some uh, old and new friends before the hour is out, so uh, we'll be covering quite a bit of ground, I hope. And I think we'll start out today's show, as we like to do, with On This Date in History. The date in question is the 11th of February. On February 11th in 1852, London, England established the first public restroom for women on Bedford Street. And no, we don't know what women did before that. But we do think after visiting San Francisco that London was about a century and a half ahead of the city by the bay in, in developing public restrooms. On February 11th in 1922, Canadian surgeon Frederick Banting and his assistant Charles Best announced one of the most revolutionary discoveries in medicine, the use of insulin to treat diabetes. Banting and Best would win the Nobel Prize in Medicine the next year for this revolutionary discovery. On this date in 1928, the Lazy Boy Recliner was designed by American Ed Shoemaker and his cousin, Edward Naubush, using a sheet of plywood and a yardstick. Of course, the full-on development of the couch potato had to wait another 20 years (laughs) until commercial television became widespread. And finally, on this date in 1990, South African anti-apartheid leader Nelson Mandela was released from prison after spending 27 years behind bars. I'm somewhat horrified to add that uh, this came the day after I got home from a foreign trip. I just spent the previous 18 days in South Africa. So it still kills me 20 years later that I just missed the jubilation that surrounded uh, Nelson Mandela's liberation. And no, I have no reason to believe they were waiting for me to leave before they let him out. I can, of course, report uh, firsthand that the nation was anticipating the move. There seemed to be widespread excitement at the, uh, at the prospect of this happening in the immediate future. It's wonderful to note for the past a couple of decades, South Africa has uh, successfully made a transition uh, in its form of government without a lot of bloodshed and, or, for that matter, a significant turmoil, which has accompanied uh, so many other nations trying to make um, you know, transitions of a similar scope. And our quote of the day comes from Nelson Mandela, who said... During my lifetime, I've dedicated myself to the struggle of the African people. I have fought against white domination, and I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and achieve, but if it needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die." Our quip of the day comes from the very amusing publication, The Onion, whose website provided the following headline for the obituary of J.D. Salinger. Thousands upon thousands of phonies across the country mourn the death of author J.D. Salinger, who was 91 years old, for crying out loud. And if that didn't strike you as particularly funny, maybe it's time you reread The Catcher in the Rye. That was a pretty faithful description of the narrative of... uh, Holden Caulfield. Our joke of the day was sent to us by Millie, which is as follows. I think this one should be done as Rodney Dangerfield. I was standing in front of the bedroom mirror. I wasn't happy. 
Turned to my wife, I said, I feel horrible. I look old, fat, ugly. I need you to pay me a compliment right about now. She looked at me and said, okay. Looks like your eyesight's perfect. And we have three stats of the day related to the Super Bowl. The first is that CBS charged between $2.5 and $3 million per spot. That's per 30-second commercial spot. Second stat. Tickets for the first Super Bowl, that was back in 1967, were $12 apiece. The game at the L.A. Coliseum, by the way, was not a sellout. For the record, Super Bowl tickets this year are being auctioned off online at the starting price of $2,700. By the way, for more about that topic, you may want to check our archives for our interview with Jeff Fekete, whose book, Making the Big Game, took a look at uh, the funny world of trying to buy a Super Bowl ticket online. And finally, according to the Wall Street Journal, in the 174 minutes of an average football game, viewers see about 60 minutes of commercials, 75 minutes of players huddling or milling about between snaps, 17 minutes of replays, and about 11 minutes of actual football. By the way, we do want to congratulate the New Orleans Saints for their victory in the Super Bowl last Sunday. If there ever was a sports franchise that was starved for a success, it was the Saints, which for years were known as the Aints. Finally, our non-Super Bowl-related stat of the day. Apparently, 65% of Americans say they disagreed with the recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling that allows corporations to spend without limits on political campaigns. All right, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to The Week magazine, it was a good week last week for Puxatawney Phil, who was pulled out of his burrow on a cold day to look for his shadow, despite pleas by the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals to replace him with a robot. A representative of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club, the animal's being treated better than the average child in Pennsylvania. There's a heck of a defense. On the other hand, a robot? A robot groundhog. It was, on the other hand, a bad week last week for knowing your limits when it was revealed that actor Rip Torn was arrested after he got roaring drunk and broke into a Connecticut bank while carrying a loaded handgun. Police said the 78-year-old Torn apparently broke a window and entered the bank thinking it was his home. A police report stated that while he was being taken into custody, he asked why they were taking him out of his house. I believe he had taken his shoes off and was laying on one of the couches when they found him. Torn, who reportedly has a history of alcohol problems, was checked into a Manhattan rehab clinic. And although we can't help but laugh, we, we do hope that Rip Torn can pull it together. Frankly, I thought he was great on the old Larry Sanders show. And finally, it was an ugly week for the really, really lonely after one house of the Dutch Parliament approved a ban on sex between humans and animals. 
Noted the news source, bestiality is currently legal in the Netherlands, which is the source of 80% of bestiality videos on the internet. And I do want to apologize somewhat for introducing the concept of bestiality videos into your thought processes. In fact, we need to lighten the mood on that one, I think, by uh, adding that it was also an ugly week last week for NBC executives. When it was revealed that in the wake of his deal with NBC, Conan O'Brien wasn't allowed to badmouth the network, which caused O'Brien to then say, well, nobody said anything about speaking in Spanish. NBC está manejados por hijos de cabras imbeciles que comen dinero. Which, for those not conversant in Spanish, or at least my version of it, uh, translates as NBC is run by brainless sons of goats who eat money. All right, from the letters file, we have a letter sent not to us, but to New Scientist magazine. Someone wrote the magazine to inform them that uh, their father had bought his grandmother a rap rage beater, a multifunctional tool that claimed to be able to open all types of bottles, lids, boxes, and plastic wrappings. The only problem? It came in a vacuum-sealed plastic packaging that was so impregnably tough that try as she might, the man's grandmother couldn't get it open. They had to resort to a pair of heavy-duty kitchen scissors. All right, let's take a short detour into the idiot file. Starting with an editorial from the Sacramento Bee. In the wake of the fact that Governor Schwarzenegger is actually seriously proposing that the state of California sells advertising space on state highway message boards. Noted the B editorial board, billboards are ugly, and LED billboards are blinking ugly. Not only that, but they could pose a traffic hazard if they distract motorists already distracted by the lunch they're eating and the cell phone calls they are conducting. The editors then suggested that, you know, why stop at this? Why not sell naming rights to various state buildings? The California Environmental Protection Agency headquarters in downtown Sacramento could become the Chevron EPA building. The California Secretary of State's office could be sponsored by Diebold. They concluded noting that you could put a big Terminex sign on the Capitol Dome and it still wouldn't be the kind of distracting road hazard that electronic billboards would be on our state highways. Let's hope that idea goes away. Something else I'd like to see go away is this idiot story about Balloon Boy. In fact, let me just quote the Wire Service article. Once Richard Heen admitted at court that he wrongly sent authorities on a wild goose chase across Colorado to save the sun he thought was aloft in a runaway balloon, friends and supporters seemed to take off just about as fast as that balloon. All except for one, Stephen Barber, a 48-year-old filmmaker who says he still believes Heen really thought his son was in the balloon as it spun wildly through the skies on October 15th. He plans to prove it, Barber says, when he releases the documentary Balloon Boy, Guilty Until Proven Innocent. Mr. McMillan, can we have an appropriate sound effect for, uh, for this class of article? And here's a really, this is a breathtakingly bad idea from the idiot file. Apparently Italian scientists, at least some, want to dig up the remains of Leonardo da Vinci so they can check their pet theory that the Mona Lisa is a self-portrait of the artist in drag. Said anthropologist Giorgio Grioponi of Italy's National Committee for Cultural Heritage, if we manage to find his skull, 
we could rebuild Leonardo's face and compare it with the Mona Lisa. The committee is petitioning French authorities to dig up Leonardo's tomb in France's Loire Valley, although it's unclear whether the artist's remains are actually there, since the original church he was buried in was destroyed during the French Revolution. Mr. McMillan. And also from the idiot file, or perhaps it should be from the Congress of the U.S. file. Mm, but that is kind of redundant. You may have noticed that last month, former St. Louis Cardinals slugger Mark McGuire confessed to using steroids for nearly a decade during his playing career. And this just in, Pope Catholic. Yeah, apparently a choked-up Mark McGuire told uh, the Associated Press in a briefing that he always knew this day would come. He admitted he began using steroids in 1989 and used them on occasion throughout the 90s, including 1998 when he hit a then-record 70 home runs. You may recall that in 2005, McGuire was uh, hauled up before a congressional hearing wherein he evaded questions about steroid use. Telling the Congress of the United States he, quote, would not talk about the past, unquote. Someone did point out it might have been our own Will Durst a few years back that uh, we looked to Congress to conduct investigations into this matter or that matter, and they couldn't get Mark McGuire to admit he used steroids. By the way, talking about the Super Bowl a moment ago, I, I don't know whether anybody noticed that ad. I didn't, I didn't see any of the ads in the Super Bowl. But uh, contrary to prior policies, CBS allowed a 30-second spot from Focus in the Family, wherein the mother of Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow, told Super Bowl viewers that uh, in 1987, while working as a missionary in the Philippines, she decided against ending her pregnancy amid doctors' concerns for her life. The result, she said, was the birth of Tim Tebow, sending a message that, I guess, says that, uh, you know, if you're carrying a, uh, a fetus whose uh, presence might kill you, well, you should just ignore your doctors and pray. And of course, the result might be uh, that you give birth to a superstar football player. Pro-choice groups were furious and had demanded that CBS, which had lifted its ban on advocacy advertising, to, uh, to pull the plug on this piece, which, of course, they did not. Point I love the best, spokesman for Focus on the Family said the message isn't political. So I'd suggest if you're 16 and you find yourself in trouble, uh, see if you can't get Focus on the Family to help you raise your kid for the next 18 years. By the way, this might be a good time to note that the opinions you hear on this program do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regions of the University of California. And when it comes to opinions, we know that uh, America's foremost political correspondent, Will Durst, always likes to put his two cents in. Well, thanks, Doug. And today I get a little unsolicited advice for the president. Yo, Brock, dude, you should totally chill. And listen to me. Why? Because I can tell you the stuff that Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel can't. And I won't go all ballistic on your rat's ass or send your eardrums either. First thing, don't worry so much about the Republicans. They're going to do what they're going to do. At least you always know where they're coming from. From behind, with guns. 
It's your so-called friends you need to watch out for. The ones who sweetly smile in your face as they slip a shiv between your third and fourth ribs on the left side. Trust me, friends like this, you don't need Mitch McConnell. The second thing is, you need to work up in or else. Work with you, or what? Or Joe Biden's going to sit next to you in the congressional dining room every day for a week? Lyndon Johnson's or else was he threatened to circulate photos of you having sexual congress with a goat, whether he had them or not. Because everybody in Congress at one time or another has been involved with a goat. And they knew he knew. And finally, you gotta fire somebody. I don't care who. You tell me in a year that nobody has made a mistake bad enough to get canned? Because if they haven't, then you have. If you can't come up with a good reason, just pick somebody at random. You really want to put the fear of God into the rest of your team. Get rid of Michelle or one of the kids. That's the best way of saying, better not get too comfortable. Anyhow, that's my advice. No need to thank me. I'm here to help. For Radio Parallax, I'm Will Durst. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. So much younger than today I never needed anybody's help in any way You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We've got plenty more. Don't go away. Now I find a change my mind I'll open up the doors Help me if you can, I'm feeling down And I do appreciate you being right